Hey everyone, welcome back to the season 2 episode 1 of the Harvati podcast. I'm your host Madhuri and I'm here to talk about makers and makers who are someone who bring life to ideas and ensure that they do everything to keep the idea alive. Makers are designers, product managers and entrepreneurs who walk this path and made their careers. So how do you actually learn about something? It's actually by doing the work. Counterintuitive, right? Like many people want to go for college or you want to pick up some a books and you want to do it. But the best way to actually do it is to learn by doing it. This method of learning by doing and putting yourself on the line can give you a lot more than actually going to a college for an MBA. I had the privilege to talk one of the most driven product leaders in the country, Shivangi Srivatsva. was the vp of product at katapok prior to this was a part of swiggy product team before swiggy she got her ropes to product management by running a startup called tazo as its co-founder and ceo shivangi shares her intuitive career journey and her thought process on building an organization with strong product principles this episode helps you in getting the right insights on how it is to get into a growth stage startup and work there i want to know like where where did you start and how did you come to be where you are right now yeah it's not a very long story but a very interesting one i would say so i am a computer science graduate from iit guwahati i graduated and then i joined polcom as a software engineer so there i used to work in a digital rights management team and then i think i was uh, one and a half year into the job when one of my colleagues seniors also happens to be a very good friend I had the startup idea of doing micro mobility that is basically in urban settings you take a two wheeler and then you can pick up and drop anywhere like pretty much what bounces uh, like a little bit different but yeah yeah so i just started working with it, you know i So we had like a couple of other founders joining us. I started out uh, solving the problem statement, started out building, writing basic code. So for the first uh, one year, I wrote like almost I used to code for twelve hours a day and used to make stuff for Tazo. So the company was called Tazo. So we got funded. We scaled pretty fast. Uh, we were very much loved by the customers. So we did really well, engineers and designers and stuff like that. Uh, but still, uh, the company was too young to have like a PM. So I was sort of the EM come PM kind of person. And that's when I realized that I'm pretty good at that stuff. You know, it, it was coming naturally to me. And plus, having then the whole tech thing of it and doing like the early designs myself, I had seen mostly the complete cycle. So that was something that I, how I got into product management really, uh, without even realizing I was doing everything uh, because I was the only uh, tech person in the founding team, tech product person. Then our startup shut down. Um, so it was a heavy, heavy cash flow startup, as you, as you know, right? The capex and opex were very high. Uh, one of those kinds uh, which found a pmf but would be profitable at scale and before we could hit that kind of scale the kind of money that we need to get there uh, we were trying to raise a series b when the monetization hit us we were unable to raise any kinds of fund at that time we had to shut our shop uh, so we we thought that we temporarily shut down the operations maybe see if we resume it later but that never happened as soon as we shut down operation all of us sort of uh, went to different jobs we got all good offers and etc at that time was when i joined swiggy and when i started doing product management professionally like you know having the title of a product manager so uh, i was like a software developer cto and then a product manager now swiggy was something very interesting that happened because the next uh, two and a half to three years i spent in swiggy sort of defined uh, my product management career i learned a lot there and then khatabok happened so now i'm like heading product at khatabok that journey is amazing because i think 
did your startup life give you that kind of crash course in product management was that what you expected or not so expected i think my startup gave me a crash course in life and product management just happens to be a part of it yeah i i understood a lot of things not just on how companies you know scale how product market fits are found but also how how people behave when tough situations come like when we had to shut down the company i often tell my people uh, the people that i meet that i learned a lot while you know opening and running the company but i learned a lot more when i was shutting it down because that's the, the hard decision you have to take the people that you've hired so carefully like you know cherry pick those guys and you have to ask them to go because obviously you can't like pay them anymore a lot of startups do that that they retain them and they say uh, we'll pay you later we didn't want to do that that moment we saw we saw that our funding was running out we uh, sort of give good records to these people and ask them to you know find better jobs so we didn't want to you know do, do wrong by them because we had hired with uh, them with great passion yes yeah, so it was a hard uh, experience but i learned a lot yeah and i learned a lot during uh, the startup journey which helped me in product management so this is something i actually noted Uh, because when i was uh, sort of uh, breaking onto product management i realized that there's a lot that i've learned from startup like sort of applies a lot uh, to product management the first thing that i learned which i think helps me a lot even today is like you know being okay with failure and then being okay with success also when you see these highs and low right i saw my startup when there was nothing and then i saw it when the things were looking very very positive when there was money in bank we were meeting all the likes of sequoia matrix everybody's like you know just everything is going well the numbers are climbing up you've found your product market fit you, you feel on the top of the world and then i've also seen it shut down and when i had to fire the people and it was operational business so we had a lot of legal hassles also so it was a very tough time that way so i've seen the highs and seen the lows that what i've learned is you don't get excited too excited when things are going right and you don't get too you know sad when the things are going bad you have to realize all the phase and we pass and the same thing happens with product like you know when your your product is doing well right you don't get too excited and stop like seeing its mistake if it's not doing well it you get so dejected that you don't even put in the effort to make it work right so that's what the problem with product managers are like both both extremes are dangerous if you find the right balance so i think ha- having seen that journey i somewhat knew how to balance things and you become attached to your product but you don't become so attached to become biased so that you don't have any kind of biases while you're you know looking at your product and also you you know how to balance right whether the things are going bad or well so that's one great lesson the other one is prioritization uh, i think prioritization is one of those skills that a good pm should master uh, because it, it, at the end of the day so what happens as you grow in your product career right it, uh, it's all a it's all a, you know how to say it's all a pattern of um, vagueness you start as a pm or a pm you don't have a very vague problem you have a very clearly defined metric you do some problems to solve it as and when you go to your uh, in, in your product ladder you become like a spm uh, a lead pm and a like a vp the problem just keeps getting bigger and bigger now what comes in handy is how you prioritize things and and the ability to zoom in and zoom out at the right uh, like the right level and the right time the ability to look at the forest and then the ability to also like look at the trees you know so that's something i learned in, in during my startup days again like something that i picked up very well was because i was since i was the founder and the sole developer for a very very long time i had to know the nitty gritties of even single line of code but i also had to like uh, tie it with like you know the the product with the kind of funds we were raising the kind of uh, metrics we were chasing so it was a whole cycle you know so you have to like sort of zoom in zoom out at all the time this sort of comes in very handy especially now at khata book right uh, so this sort of zoom in zoom out and understand uh, the level of vagueness and sort of take a very big problem uh, convert it into something which a pm can understand convert into like even 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 sharper things so that you even can understand and if it's a big problem you figure out a senior guy and you can say okay i trust you i'm not even i'm not like you're breaking this down for you and you go and make sense of it and as in your when your people develop and that's a plan to grow people so that's how you grow product leaders in the company uh, that over the time they'll grow and they'll take up on more and more big challenges and they'll perform so the, the idea is to you know 
get them to that level so that they can pick up a very vague statement and make sense out of it. And of course, the third very important part that I feel is just the people part of it. So I think uh, in Swiggy, um, while I was working with a lot of stakeholders, uh, the ability to manage people sort of comes from the startup because my startup, because it was an ops company, had a lot, lot, of, a lot of people. So even if they do direct reports or not, if you're a founder of a company which has like 250, 300 odd people, you have to develop some kind of uh, muscle that helps you deal with the kind of so many people around, right? Yeah, so I think, yeah, that's something like, you know, came in handy. Wow, like yeah. you have like very clear pointers of the journey because, I mean, yeah. you've capsulated it so well. So I want to ask specifically about, uh, you know, the point where you said that, you know, you had to plan your growth for yourself and your team, right? And that's where you realize the strengths, weakness and all of this thing. So how did you manage to first figure out for yourself? Team can come later, but how did it happen for you at that point? Yeah, it's a good question, I would say. Uh, but I think the first step is being aware. I would say that most of the leaders that I've seen do well in their life are very self-aware. You have to see what you're not good at because uh, what will happen is if you if you don't if you're not acknowledging your mistakes, you're not working on it. If it if not directly, your your shortcomings will manifest itself itself into your team, and your team would become a reflection of something of the of something inside you that you didn't even know that you had, and then you will you will have to deal it at scale. It's better to realize your shortcomings like yourself. So, for example. I'll, again, so because I was uh, like in Tazo, I, uh, I had the authority, right? I was a founder. So I would say things and they would happen because, you know, I was the boss. Uh, but product management is a very different ballgame. Nobody is answerable to you. You just have to work by influence. So nobody's reporting into you, your developers, uh, your designers. Everybody's like a different team. And you are there in the center trying to make sense of it, right? So influence is something, is, is the big, biggest tool that you have. Now, then I figured that when I joined Swiggy that, okay, my communication is maybe not at that level. Uh, where my thinking is. Maybe I'm thinking here, but I'm able to communicate uh, only at a level that sounds like 80 to 70%. So some people are good salesmen. They like solve something and they're able to sell it over here. I, I was doing the opposite. I was working here. I was working very hard, but I what I was communicating was like making sense of it like till here only. Like, like it was a bit less. Yeah, it was not at that level. You know, it was only 80% of what I would intend. Uh, then I realized a big problem because all that 20, 30% of what I'm doing is not even being accounted for. And I could do better than this only if I, you know, work on communication. So that was one area that I like really then started paying attention to. Learning communication is hard. It's it's not that you have to work on an English language or something. It's more about what are you going to say and when are you going to say it. The content and the frequency, where to speak what, when to speak what, the sequence of the things. The same deck uh, with a very different story. The content is the same, and so you organize it, just changes the whole game, right? So just realizing these small things, I started working on them. And when I started working on them, it's mostly realizing, okay, so I did this meeting this way. What would have been different had I done it this way? Just, you know, questioning me at the various points. And I came up, you know, I saw like a huge improvement in communication. And the same thing I teach my team, like, you know, basic product sense, basic data understanding, basic uh, UX understanding. Some of them will be hard skills. Take some courses, talk to some people who know the, uh, the stuff, and you'll learn it. Soft skills sometimes take the longest. Like very behavioral soft skills. Because you're a PM, you will be, you may be people latching out at you all the time, especially in these work from home kind of situations. How to not lose your cool. How to be that one person who is tying everybody together, uh, making them motivated towards one single cause and, you know, pulling everything together, uh, moving in one direction. So these kinds of things that you develop over time. Uh, but what I've seen at least for the, specifically for uh, these things like PM, designer, is a little bit of soft skill involved. I think having a very good first manager helps. Uh, a lot of people in India do product management, but they don't know what they're doing. They're just doing something. Most of them end up managing just projects. They don't know what value are they adding or what, what are they supposed to do. 
so a good product manager like at an early early stage company can do wonders like actually just change the game of the whole company you know just by bringing the right uh, things together like you know getting the attention where it should be uh, prioritizing the company's roadmap just basically changing the whole way the company works uh, people don't understand like that they have the kind of power most of the people uh, pms that i meet uh, in the early journeys they're mostly complaining or oh, people don't listen to me that blah 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 they like hundreds of excuses uh, but most of the people fail to see uh, that how powerful uh, you can be as a pm and how much difference you can create in all if you're able to you know just play a few things right you know just if you have the right sense of uh, what is to be done you have a right sense of uh, connection to all the people you're working on you have a good stakeholder and team management skills you have good communication skills you have the basic influence in the company it can just be game changing yeah so i think realizing these things were like sort of a journey that's what i'm trying to you know get my team also uh, to do i mean you touched upon a very important point which i absolutely like i think that's going to be the next biggest skill which is influence and working with people right so did you have like a guide who somebody guided and one is the self critical path which you took right where you questioned how do i do it how do i improve it and all of that did you have somebody guiding you on this path because not every time we would be able to see it right so luckily yes i did have somebody so uh, one of my first uh, uh, managers at swiggy right anuj he heads up uh, uh, like product at swiggy so i happened to be like really lucky to be working with him directly though he's good at all the hard skills i talked about one thing that sort of differentiates him that he's like really good at leadership stuff like the the stuff that i was talking about just being very self aware making sure the communication is on spot making sure you're able to create the influence when needed because sometimes this influence is very important to you know because you are the pm on the center of the thing you have a 360 degree context sometimes your leaders your bosses might not see that what you are able to see just because you're talking to all the functions you know so you have like that what makes you like irreplaceable or important like a pm is the 360 degree context nothing else a developer is writing code he writes the designer designs she designs like you know everybody is doing the job what is the pm doing the biggest asset of the biggest part the pm has is the context the person because he's talking to all the functions they have like a lot more context than anybody working on that project right so you have that means that you also have the responsibility to make sure you highlight the things that are going wrong and i was good at highlighting you know but i never it was hard for me to find my voice and figuring out what is the best way to highlight these things so that's something i like really uh, really picked up well from others like when to highlight what i would say i was lucky that way to get like a good mentor in time just to figuring out like okay this is an issue i should not keep it to myself bring the bad news fastest and how do you and that's something again i tell my team like if something does well okay you are anyway still and everybody feels happy but if something is not doing well tell that even before don't wait for the results to go better if the results become better later you can maybe share that information again uh, but just don't wait for it let the company know what's going right or what's going wrong just because you know it you don't have to so, uh, this is something which goes wrong in the big companies also you know like by the time the uh, actual news reaches the top levels it's so uh, like you know people try to tell only the good parts of the bosses so by the time the stuff reaches the top it's it just doesn't make sense so you like there's no point of knowing it in fact it's even more dangerous than not knowing stuff because you are selectively uh, listening to something which is not the complete picture yeah so always you know training your pms to find their voice and everybody actually not just pms and everybody in the company to find their voice and share what they feel is going right going wrong everything you know that makes sense because when you mention training their voice are there any particular frameworks that you follow two things that i like really look at uh, so 
One is one is your McKinsey pyramid of communication principles. It says that you bring the the most important thing first. It's a way the McKinsey uh, teaches people to talk to the executives basically. So it assumes that executives would normally know the basis. So when you're talking to anybody who's pressed for time or any of your stakeholders or in general any kind of communication, you tell the uh, you know the most important thing first. It should be like a pyramid. The most important thing, the pointed result, the answer should be on the top. It shouldn't like that you're building up a whole uh, story and then you're giving uh, the whole uh, the you know the answer or the most awaited thing in the end. It should be the other way around. So we have as storytellers, like humans are like that. They have a you know this uh, we gossip and, and that's how we talk. We just uh, paint a whole picture and then we you know give away the climax. But it's very counterintuitive to communicate otherwise. You say that this is not working and then you tell about why is it not working and what went wrong and what can we do later. But don't like you you just tell the most important thing first. That's very very important. That saves a lot of time and brings a lot of clarity. So you suddenly you all becomes like a no bullshit organization where every everybody is making sense and there is no flap flap going around. There is no you know just somebody who's just good with visa words doesn't seem to be uh, you know succeeding out of out of the cycle. It's not like some, some just just because somebody is like you know good at soft skills and somebody is like working really hard but is not good at soft skills. Uh, I understand they should work. Everybody should have like good soft skills, but doesn't mean that you should not be at disadvantage, right? So if you have an org, you're always promoting short, precise kind of most important information first kind of uh, structure of communication. You sort of always get the best information in least amount of time, and you cut through all that uh, stuff that you know sort of creates a kind of commotion in large organization. The other uh, I like really like is Amazon writing tips. So they have these five uh, writing tips that you should follow using to the point words. Like if you're saying a number, actually define that number, not saying some number or large number, actually saying the numbers. So there are like a couple of tips that these uh, Amazon writing principle has. So we try to tell everybody to use write all the documentation, all the conversation that happens. So it's like a habit. So once you, so it's like such a habit. Once you start doing it that way, you won't have it any other way. It's like a good habit to have. So once you start talking very directly, something which can be, you know, put up in numbers, being put up in numbers, something which should be said first is being said first. You'll always do it that way. Then you don't like the other way. Like why are you telling me all this? Just get to the point. As you've mentioned, communication. I think this is also absolutely spot on. So we are doing it in action. So that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> So now that you know we kind of like I understood your journey and you know what you've tried to grow and all of that when you closed Tazo how did you know that this was the time to move on like I I know oh, it's a sad uh, face no, but how did you know that yeah it's a hard it's a, a good question it was very hard I think now everybody's uh, now openly talking about you know the hard times that I have I had like a really really bad phase of I would say close to a depression I wouldn't still call it clinical Uh, but yeah, it was like a really, really bad phase. Uh, I because I had put a lot into Dago. It was like two years, two to three years of my work, and was doing really well at the time. And a lot had happened suddenly, so it was in a very, very bad phase. But then I realized that if you know, if I were to go back in time, and somebody says that, do you want to do the startup again? And knowing that it would shut down three years later, later, would I do it? And I, my answer was yes, I would do it because what I've learned in these three years, like no job or no MBA could have got me. you know so uh, i just then i realized it's a huge like learning that i had and i can actually put it to use anywhere any time i want uh, so that was the point that i had to decide what to do so the existing you know the existing startups and existing investors they were sort of wanted to wanted me to take up some tech lead role somewhere you know because i was a ceo so the next obvious option for me you know used to go and head tech somewhere but i was like no i'm done with this i want to do something else because ho gaya well i want to do something new now and i realized that okay i like uh, doing product but i don't know what professional product management is 
So I spoke, started speaking to two companies, which I really liked. So Swiggy, because Swiggy was at that time, okay, it's a very interesting time. Either. Swiggy had just launched in Hyderabad and I was in Hyderabad at that time. And the service was like, like amazing because Bangalore, we still have traffic. We don't get to see that magic. At that time, the traffic in Hyderabad was not there. So you would order food and within five, by the time you brush your teeth, the food would come. So I was like, oh my God, this service is amazing. We had different food delivery players up till then, but none of it was like that. So Swiggy at that time was like, just, uh, you know, changing the game. So I was like, okay, there's something uh, like, so I wrote to Harsha and on LinkedIn saying, yeah, uh, my startup is shut down. I knew about my startup. Like my startup shut down. Is there something interesting? And that's it. And then he, he reached out and then some other people, you know, I spoke to people. I moved to, to Bangalore, joined Swiggy. The other offer in consideration was Gojek, but then Swiggy moved so fast that I was like, yeah, let's go there. And I liked everyone uh, when I was talking to. So just Swiggy just happened. So it was just within like two weeks of closing my startup. I had just messaged Harsha just like that. I was planning to actually go on a trip to uh, uh, Southeast Asia. So I took a, take a long break, do some traveling, go to Thailand, Bali and all that. And uh, and even before I could think anything, uh, Swiggy was like, you, the offer letter was there. And I was like, okay, let's join it. So I didn't take any break actually. So all this happened within a month. So I closed Shadow uh, Tago and I joined Swiggy like uh, within a month itself. Now Swiggy itself was a very, very interesting journey. I mean, like, yeah, a whirlwind, right? When joining Swiggy, like, did you know purposefully that it was a growth stage company that you were joining? And like, how did you know that it, what are the indications of that growth stage? Company? Uh, yeah. So something I was very sure of at that time after closing Tago, that I don't want to join a big company like, uh, like a Google or a Microsoft at that time. That was where all my friends were, by the way. I'm a computer science developer. So two years into uh, two to three years to four years after college, most of your friends are uh, mostly in USA or in uh, different HQs or in Bangalore, uh, working for Google, Microsoft, Amazon. Uh, that was a very obvious, that was a very default backup plan for me. Like if nothing works out, we'd always, you know, clear like a developer interview and go and code. But then I sort of knew that I don't want to do it. Like I had tasted this thing in my startup where things would move fast and I could really get solve real life problems real fast, you know. So I just wanted to be in an early stage company, but not too early as well because too early was my own startup and I had scaled it to a certain limit. So I think I've seen this. Now I want to move to a step, which is maybe the next step of Tazo. Like had Tazo become bigger and Swiggy at that time was doing around three, three and a half like orders when I had joined. By the time I left, it was doing like six, seven X more. It's not 10 X growth. That, 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 that's why it was an interesting journey also because I got to see this beautiful phase of uh, Swiggy uh, when I was there. But yes, yeah, so I was very sure that I want to join a company which is early stage yet bigger than my like existing startup and not join a, like, a big company. Yeah. Like for example, uh, deciding to join Khatta was a way more informed decision, I would say, than joining Swiggy. Uh, because at that time I was just looking for something, you know, which is there, has the you know right amount of resources, not uh, not like Tazo where we are wondering uh, runway planning all the time. That kind of stress is not there. You can just go and you know just do your job there. So yeah. Okay, I understand that you you didn't want to do a lot of runway planning. You just wanted to like focus on getting the work done. Probably that was the decision making at that point. Yeah. Right. And also not join like a big company uh, where. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you're not, you, where you make decisions, but you're like, uh, I wanted to make decisions which are impactful at a larger level. So yeah. Swiggy sort of uh, was a good choice in hindsight at that time, yes. It's, I think it's it was a great choice. When you ma- mentioned that you made a more informed choice with Katha Book, like what was the indication that made it? I know team, you mentioned some time ago that team was definitely one choice, but what was like kind of the other indications that made you choose it? Yeah, I think uh, when you're joining at like a product head level, right, or any senior position, uh, I think more than the company, the sector starts mattering. Because I knew like if I'm joining a company, me joining also will change a lot of things, right? Because I'm not seeing my joining as independent event. Not everything is linked. 
see if I join, I'm definitely going to change a few things which will eventually affect the future. There was more betting on the sector. So I was like, okay, I've done food delivery very close to e-commerce, seen that space. Uh, I've done like uh, transport and this uh, whole consumer sector with Tazman Swiki. So I wanted to do something else. Uh, but it was not like that I was actively looking. Khata book just happened by the way. I was meeting these guys. They were into something interesting. One talk, one like meeting led to another. Uh, but what I realized that I wanted to bet on this sector. So this, when I say this sector is mostly or basically the whole MSME and the up and coming fintech sector. So uh, fintech is one thing which is up and coming and now a renewed focus of the whole uh, startup ecosystem is sort of on Kirana Tech, right? So Khatabuk sits right in the sweet spot. It's building fintech for the MSME. So I was like, uh, a lot is happening. Now food delivery was a hot thing three years back. But there's something is going to happen. Do I want to buy the first row tickets to this show which is happening in the country right now and actually be a part of it? And something in me said, yes, that's why not? Like, we'll learn something new. Because I had uh, uh, very, I, generally educated, but not very much into fintech. And so when I decided to join Khatabuk, I spent actually a lot of time meeting people, understanding, you know, meeting a lot of shopkeepers just to see. Because I, I don't come from a business uh, family. So it was hard for me to even understand what my future user is going to be. And Swiggy Kill it was a very different thing because uh, Swiggy, I was myself a power uh, user. A lot of people around me used to use Swiggy. So you just go on a street and talk to anybody in Bangalore. They know they would know what Swiggy. So user interviews were just easy. Any party, Swiggy, you know, focus group discussion. <laughs> but it was not the case with Khatabok. The user itself uh, sits in tier two, tier three, very alien to the kind of people that you know. Uh, yeah, so that was hard. <laughs> the getting to know your customer at part of Khatabok. At that point, because I knew what product management is, I had I had seen like a company, I had seen Moment Startup, which was like a proper zero to one. I had seen Swiggy, which was a proper 10 to, you know, 100 kind of thing. I've seen Swiggy grow so well. And when I had joined, they were about, what, 8, 10 PMs uh, in my team. Uh, and by the time I left, they were like, maybe double, triple of it. So the company had grown, uh, grow, grown like leaps and bounds, you know. So I'd seen that phase also. Like how courses have changed over time, what happened, what did not happen. So I had a lot that I learned and, you know, just you know, absorbed that I wanted to, you know, actually make sense of it. So when I met the people at Khatabog, I was like, okay, this team looks great. And, I, and there's a lot of things that I can actually, you know, apply here. A lot of my learnings, which actually come in handy. For me, it will be great because I'll get to do all this MSME FinTech stuff firsthand. And for the team also, it will be great because they'll get to learn a lot of things that I've learned in the last uh, four to five years. So it was a good match, I would say. Khatabog. Just again, again, happened. <laughs> so, yeah. It's beautiful that you say that, you know, something in me said that, yes, I want the front row tickets to this. Like, would you mind elaborating on how you could correlate that gut check with the reality and, you know, how did it go about that? Yeah, I think it's more about your learning cycle, you know. So there's a point, uh, I, personally, and this is again very, uh, very, very personal, I never want my learning curve to flatten. The moment it starts flattening, I start panicking. I feel like the life is too short. Everybody has some kind of quirks about them. So my quirk <laughs> would be I like whenever I feel that I'm not learning a lot, uh, I start feeling uh, I start feeling uncomfortable because I feel that this is the age, like the next 10, 15 years of my life, I'll be like mostly learning a lot, and I can't, you know, you know, like if there's a learning opportunity out there, I would uh, take it. So I learned a lot at Swiggy, and that Khata book I. Khatabog actually started a very uh, guilty pleasure kind of place for me because it was not as big as Swiggy, but it was also not as young as Tazo. So I was, you know, getting to mentor a product design team, uh, which is very, very young, uh, but had like basic resources covered, there was money in the bank, the future looked uh, look good. And one of the things that sort of me pulled towards the Khatabog was the numbers. 
80 lakh 80 lakh users like and i'm talking about active users not a stall based monthly active users 80 lakh and growing by the way so that's a huge number that means you get to build product and there was and the product existing product was pretty simple so there was a huge plan that i had to implement and basically come up with uh, for these 80 lakh people as i'm not going to get this opportunity when i'm building like tech first hand or product first hand for like 80 lakh people who has that scale so i think uh, for khatabok one thing that sort of tilted the scale in their favor was basically the scale Uh, the distribution was amazing the team was obviously good so it's a the good uh, opportunity for me uh, to learn myself as to what is happening in this ecosystem and also you know take this whole team with me there's a like bunch of really really sharp folks and they could you know they could be all could learn a lot from each other yeah that makes a lot of sense and the impact definitely i think the impact kind of tipped your favor towards katabak right <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when you mentioned that you wanted to guide your uh, product and design teams towards a better thing right would you mind defining what was your definition of an ideal pm starting out like imagine you're hiring one right now what would be your basic check boxes to be checked Hmm, yeah actually i'm writing a doc on that nowadays <laughs> writing awesome writing out uh, you know in our notion of these product wikis yeah uh, yeah so like i said right like growth in a pm series is all a matter of how well you're able to take a very vague idea and make sense of it and create something uh, useful so that's how, like basic that's how i rate my pm as to whether the person is a pm pm where where in the uh, pm journey they are basic competencies are definitely look out for pm is a uh, highest level of consumer backward thinking being the customer the custodian of customers because everyone in the company has a voice uh, some people come from a tech background they should not take so much panels somebody comes from a business point of view that they should make us revenue for the company etc etc so there has to be someone in the company who is the voice of the customer and that person is pm so you know you have to be that person who has like the highest level of user empathy and uh, a very good understanding of how to take this user empathy and create it into something called a vision so you know so there are two types of pms and this is like a whenever i talk about prioritization in any of the like webinars that we do uh, it's always this so you can either work on the handed on roadmap the company tells you top down like the company is telling you these are the four things that you want to focus on we work on it or you can be the pm who says ki okay these four things might be important but there's a fifth thing where i feel is super important please instead of these two maybe you should build this one and being that person and who's telling the company what should be built so i'm totally on the lookout for these kind of disruptive people who could just come join the team and change the game see you'll find a lot of talent uh, in india who would be like in generally good at following direction generally smart uh, generally good problem solvers uh, those people uh, again they're also hard to find you have to interview a lot but you will still find so what is hard to look for is the people who will be game changing people who would join the team and uh, change something uh, very fundamental about it the other two principles that i have actually taken up from swiggy and sort of uh, and swiggy has taken up from amazon uh, two principles that are very very important one is bias for action and the other is strive for excellence so you sort of always try to strive for excellence while maintaining a bias for action that doesn't mean that you won't ship fast or you would like only launch perfect products so you always sort of want to launch something perfect and great but you also have that bias of launching it as so launching mode and one advice for a for pms in the early stage is to ship a lot see the more it's okay to be wrong and i always tell my team also that i am here to provide you an atmosphere where you can experiment and fail without being you know scared so it's my job to protect you from the rest of the company and the rest of the whole infrastructure and saying okay creating a cocoon for you where you can experiment fail and then maybe do a better experiment next time you know so or like a failed experiment teaches you a lot more than a successful experiment is what i feel yeah so i'm trying so yeah so people who are okay with failure like i said 
but you know taking the learnings from it and being totally open to feedback by the way not taking it personally taking the, all the feedback that you can and doing like an even a better job next time that's how you grow and, and when you are you know early in your cycle and you like ship a lot uh, that's when you learn a lot uh, there is no other better way uh, you can learn but the best way of learning is learning on the job is what i feel you can read all the books you want listen to all the podcasts you do like but the more you launch and actually learn because everything sounds great in our ppts sounds great on a spreadsheet sounds great in a talk but when a product actually launches it's it's nothing is in your hand whether the customer will like it not like it will the customer pay for it not pay for it nothing is in your hand that's a true test of what you actually made yeah precisely very clear like as you mentioned like to the point i love that you know it's just four five points and it's just very clear so should i ask the golden question are you hiring and <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, very recent. So right now we were sort of sort of freeze the hiring for a little bit because of this corona thing going on. We didn't know how it will affect our numbers, but turns out uh, the numbers aren't uh, as bad. <laughs> It's okay. So we'll sort of resume with the hiring spree. So we are hiring a couple of senior folks in the team, uh, mostly for growth. Uh, we are a high-growing company. We want like a growth PM to join us, and a person, another PM who has a strong uh, sense of UX and uh, how consumer-facing apps work. So yeah, two PMs I'm looking for. Also looking for two senior designers, by the way. Uh, a designer who has worked on. It seems like I'm reading out the JDs, but yeah. it's okay. I I want people to listen to the JDs. This yeah. is another way to send it out. Yes. Yeah. So a designer who has worked on SaaS products before. So I'm looking currently looking for experience, experience folks because we already have a lot of young folks in our team. So kindly. looking someone uh, who can come and share a burden a little bit uh, so yeah a senior designer who has done something worked on saas companies or built products for businesses most preferably on like a web kind of uh, thing so we, they can come and sort of try, trying to build a few things there and then we are looking for a designer like a product designer who can come and uh, join our uh, a wonderful design team that we have awesome like if four positions are open for anybody and anybody who's listening please apply right now <laughs> and the i mean kind of like you know you've given me a lovely overview of how your journey is and what i truly understand is that you didn't have to learn from all the mba colleges and all of it and what you said you lived by it which is shipping continuously so that you understood how the product shapes and how it goes and at the core of it is problem solving right so what do you think is the future of you know problem solving with product management in india how does it actually you know fit all together Yeah, I think India is a very, very uh, interesting uh, space right now. Okay, all the economic slowdown aside, right? I think, and I think, uh, all people like us. When I say like us, people who really want to innovate can change this. By the way, so I think India is a very interesting, uh, at a very interesting time right now, in a very, very, very interesting age. So what has happened is, and something that I very talk over very frequently because being from Khattabuk, right, something that we are dealing uh, uh, right in front of our eyes. So what has happened is a lot of people have gotten this new access to internet. So like a, currently, like a billion of users have come online very recently. So last two years because of geo explosion happening, right, a lot of people have just suddenly come online. Now these guys have mostly came on. So came on to the net uh, via these apps like tiktok facebook whatsapp their family these kinds of users so they have sort of onboarded onto the uh, whole internet via some sort kind of social media and everything about them they for joining is more more social uh, than any other kind of joining so one example i would give like there was this phase when we used to have landline phones right and then the mobile came now there's a there are a lot of places at least in india who totally skipped the landline phase 
they never had any phones and then suddenly mobiles came and they suddenly went to mobile so it's a very interesting kind of uh, geography they're talking about this kind of uh, users not a lot of products have been ever built for them so right now if you look at the popular products right they are mostly the us products that we're using in india and some homegrown good uh, products like swiggy and like many many companies like many good indian companies there but still they are mostly built for the tier 1 kind of audience the kind of tier 2 tier 3 audience which you call them where the masses rely where the like 70% of the population in nashville lives and the kind of economic strata they are from nothing has been built nothing great has been built for them uh, so far obviously there are like likes of some good company like gpay doing the good work paytm there like lots of good companies there again but again there's a lot of scope for disruption still we're just getting started so even these companies they also agree that just you know scratch the surface and there's a lot to be done so i think there's a huge problem awaiting to be solved Uh, and now, because these people are first-time internet users, we need like product people and design people who actually get these users. So that becomes user empathy becomes very very important. So when I say like know your customers and talking to shopkeepers, it it's a very very real problem. Uh, like we say user interview कर लेंगे, but it's not that simple. You actually have to understand. You won't be able to build anything. How do I know? Like building something for a shopkeeper, like a accounting tool, some uh, uh, for a shopkeeper, you really need to know how he even maintains his books. So this is a kind of very deep insight that you won't just uh, get by chatting with him. You have to actually sit with him, chat for him with us, really get how to chat with him. So first, a few user interviews I did were absolute bombs. I did bomb break really bad. I asked him a few questions, ki what do you use and all, and they gave me very like upper se answer. They would I won't I won't even you know you know peel the onion that way. So it was a, for me also. It took a lot of time. How do I even talk to this audience? I, I I'm used to talking to people who are users of Swiggy or Tazo and like all these urban audience, right? I don't know how to talk to these people who are in tier three, tier four. Uh, so how how do I ask them questions? Because uh, how do I even get to understand the psyche? So yeah. So I think uh, the next wave of products that will uh, get built would have to be built with a lot more user insights. Uh, and uh, nothing if, if if they're not solving a real problem, they won't work. Uh, because uh, see the things that we can so a lot of things we have need based and a lot of things which are want based so, so if your product is sort of in between not very sure and and people have a pain capacity it could still work but when you're building for this kind of audience if it is not solving a real problem there's no chance that people are going to even give that attention to it or money to you can forget like nobody's going to pay you right so you have to actually find a problem which is like a really a big pain point for these people and solve it Because there's always a balance of time and money. So you give a you give you pay money to save time, right? For example, if I, I don't have the time to go to the restaurant and get the food, I pay the Swiggy uh, delivery guy to get it for me. So it's always like between time and money. And Indians always mostly choose time over here. They're ready to put in time, but they won't shell out the dollars. So now, when you're building for this audience, really need to make sure that the problem they are solving is worth their time and money both. So it requires next level of user understanding, next level of design uh, understanding. how do you build something which is so simple for these guys to use everything 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 because changes you know even a simple copy like internet connection is not working servers are down these kind of copies won't work they don't know what server is and you should not even use it don't make your free customers don't make your customers feel dumb right so everything changes you know every how you approach it for example the aesthetics of it if you look at the khata book app which I, when i joined and the, uh, it sort of changed a bit uh, now but yes even the aesthetics of it would have to be very different It, it it might not look to the best of your liking the kind of uh, saw with the niche app that you used to right i always take this example of this game called ludo king it's a very very basic game. i'm sure uh, you won't design it like that i'm pretty sure you'll use like i can see you know being a designer you will have the, like nice colors and but no that works that's the kind of uh, the colors that these guys like and that, the app is amazing it has like what millions of da users and ludo king is doing like really amazing for themselves 
right? So a lot of things change. So when you're building for the kind of audience that uh, India is opening up now, it's a challenging thing. It's very rewarding, but it's very challenging also. So I'm really excited to see how this this will shape up, and I really hope that a lot of good product people, design people, come up and they solve the accessibility issue of this uh, next billion users, as we say. And actually, like if something if you're able to build like uh, good products and solve real problems for this chanta, it would be like really good for the Indian economy and in general for everybody. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because what you said is hundred percent spot on. Many of these users have actually skipped the landline, Nokia mobile, SIM, pura skip karke directly come to the. you know mobile phone android phone 3000 rupees phone or 4000 rupees phone and that itself is an expensive phone for somebody right do you see that one of the most defining features of a pm is actually user research because they would be actually des- designing for somebody and creating first time patterns for these kind of you know new users that are coming in it's a very important aspect but i would not say defining uh, because what happens is all this uh, user empathy planning out strategy is good but i uh, read this quote somewhere that sort of like rang a bell with me that uh, execution eats strategy for breakfast so plan talk to as many users as you want and that you have to do make a very good strategy but actually getting things made at a early stage company and even at a later stage and the complexity sort of increases uh, uh, as the company grows and if you have the right org structures in place you are sort of able to address it in time and then your org becomes uh, good right so one thing which is which i've seen work for most products is good products mostly come from good orgs like all sort of manifests itself into what the product would be like had your org would be very different your product might look very different because you don't know right now what the end result would be right so everything sort of adds up and then finally something gets shipped out so having like a bad org design will affect your product sooner or later maybe as a young company when you're like pre pm maybe you launch something which works but when you're trying to scale it and go to from 1 to 0 to 1 when you try to go from 1 to n all this all this sort of matters so i would say like you can have a user empathy and strategy that is anyways non negotiable but what sort of i would not say defining because defining word is a very strong word because what happens now this whole execution thing comes in that how will you even get it shipped now you have to have your designers your developers how does your org work who reports into whom how does it work Uh, like how does a decision get made how, what is the information for in your organization so all this will sort of compound and the end result will be a product so you can't have a very good product company uh, for a long run if you don't have a very good org so that is what my current focus also is also at the book like as we are growing we are very very mindful of how we grow as an organization how will the smallest of the decision be uh, will be taken and how will the you know the biggest and the most important decision will be taken and uh who should take that decision not not uh, the leadership can't take all the decision you have to empower your people to become leaders eventually and they should start taking decisions on their own so how do you build that muscle into your team that eventually they would become the leaders of the future because your company would want to grow and you would want these people to go out and you know take a big charters and just be independent and do their own thing and make just you know just grow the company and i also also tell my team that my relationship with you is beyond the company i want you to generally become such good leaders the day you go somewhere else also you'll be like okay this guy or this girl knows their shit right you know they really know what they're talking about so how do you grow leaders it's just not building pms or designing your team it's also about building the creating that culture where you're growing leaders who will eventually sort of take a big responsibilities and once you're creating leaders then you don't have to worry of what they'll achieve or they'll always sort of set up their own goals and achieve more than your thought so if you you know you if you like instead so it's more about it's all about people like i said right in the first question itself so if you're able to invest in your people right and shape people that are your biggest asset 
you can launch one product right two product right but if you get into if you build like a great product manager that product manager will launch 10 products right and plus also you how do you become 10x right i can launch one product at a time or 10 products at a time but if i want to do 100 things at a time i won't be able to do it myself i have to create an army of people who they, who i can trust will take as good as decision and maybe later better decisions than me over time and how do i build that so that is that is critical that's something that you know takes time i mean i think i am learning it as i'm doing it right uh, i take time but i think what to be a good leader you have to first be like a really big hearted person but you see that okay You, the growth of others should be something that you know brings in uh, that kind of adrenaline rush in you. Yeah, okay, look, that guy is going and putting all that you know and all your energy and actually putting up a lot of effort. So my office hours usually end on time, but then I'm on call with a lot of, especially because of work from home. Then I'm on call with all my team member, asking like if they're stuck anywhere, like motivating them all through this, right? So it takes a little bit extra, but the results are rewarding in long time. You end up with the org, which is like. which works really well and if the org is working well and the decisions are being taken well then only a good product will be formed so it's like good product is a like an end result of many things going right at the same time amazing like i i've gotten like an amazing overload of lovely information on how to actually run a good product is output of a combination of things in the org and if there's a good org obviously then the whole thing will kind of structure itself Thank you so much for your time. This was amazing experience in kind of and first of all me learning about Khata Book and your journey. I hope the listeners also got something out of it. We'd love to hear from you on who or what you would like to listen to in the upcoming episodes. Reach out to us on Twitter at hiaverthi and we'll take in your every questions that you have. Adios and see you on the next episode.